How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is Frank Madden. And I don't know. <laughs> I got like that's where I'm at right now, Frank. Uh, the, I can still feel the the loss against the Sixers, and it still upsets me. Um, but I have to, I have to move on, you know, that's, that's just how, how my life works. Um, so it, isn't it funny how, like, wouldn't, wouldn't everybody, wouldn't, wouldn't the collective psyche of Bucks nation just be so much better if they had gotten killed by the Rockets on Monday and then, you know, beaten the Sixers by like five on Wednesday, you know, yes. it's kind of, yes, <laughs> it's, it's remarkable how unpredictability uh like that and obviously you know recency bias right your your last game is always the one that you you identify most with from an emotional standpoint um but uh but yeah it's it's kind of just i mean i don't know i don't know if that's the buck season in a nutshell but it does feel like there is something to that um you know beating a good team playing up to their competition against a good team and then um playing way down and ultimately beneath their competition uh, when they play a relatively poor team. Yeah, it's just super frustrating. And it makes, I mean, try, I mean, since we talk every day, it makes trying to make predictions difficult. It may, it, you just don't know what team is going to show up. And uh, as both someone who talks about the Bucks every day and someone who's a fan of the Bucks, that is very frustrating. Um, so let's... Uh, Let's take a look around the NBA first um, at somewhere else uh, that's going through some frustrating. I, I, I guess my, the best thing about today was Rajon Rondo and an insane Instagram post, um, which is, was just wonderful. Um, and, and I guess if, if you want to get excited about anything, the Bulls are in the playoff spot above the Bucks at 23 and 24. Um, and they seem to be doing worse than the Bucks. You know, let's let's make this the Schadenfreude edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. You know, as as bad as that loss was for the Bucks on Wednesday, things are way worse. Ninety miles south, even though the Bulls actually have two more wins, um, they are game up uh, in the standings on the on the Bucks. Um, in which is all the more amazing when you consider the Bucks have beaten them three times already. Um, but, uh, all is not right in Chicago. And, uh, I, I mean, I don't even know, I don't think you can say it started with, uh, Dwayne Wade and, and Jimmy Butler kind of calling out, uh, their teammates after I think Wade in particular calling out their teammates after their most recent loss. But, um, it, it's just, I mean, everybody knew that team had, had kind of disaster written all over it with the, the Rondo signing in particular. Um, but man, I, I don't know I, when you look at the roster and how, a lot of those young guys are not performing and you know it's basically Jimmy Butler in a cloud of dust at this point. Um hey, 
Sometimes it's okay to be a Bucks fan, you know. I, I don't know. I, I did you just call there. Dwayne Wade a cloud of dust? Is that? Yes, I did. Okay, I was just, I was just making sure that that I caught that correctly. Um, yeah, it, you mentioned uh, us thinking maybe that doesn't work. I think a lot of people thinking maybe it won't work, and it has. It has not worked in the most spectacular way. Uh, something cannot work. They are putting on an absolute show and um, doing so publicly. I, I know uh, after we recorded last night, I tweeted something out like, tomorrow's Lockdown Bucks can be described as angry, furious, whatever. A, a whole bunch of bad, uh, bad adjectives. And then I had like three people immediately tweet me like, did you go Jimmy Butler? And I was like, okay, what did I miss? Because like, I didn't know he had done that because we were recording during that time. And then I listened to Jimmy Butler and I thought, you know what? I think we did kind of go Jimmy Butler um, in that episode of Lockdown Bucks. But yeah, they they have no problem airing all of their business in public, whether that is on Instagram or whether that is to the media um, after the game. So they they are blowing up in a my god a spectacular fashion so yeah maybe maybe it's not the worst thing to be a bucks fan um and um uh, <laughs> maybe maybe things are looking up after all frank um all right so with the bucks uh, i just wrote about it at espn milwaukee and and i mentioned it last night i struggled to think of a five-game stretch that could define this season um in, in a greater way uh you're looking at two games against two of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, The Boston Celtics currently third in the East. The Toronto Raptors currently second. Uh, Then you go to... I mean, it's nice they'll have a little break there, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but then Wednesday you go to Utah, who's fifth in the Western Conference. Gordon Hayward just selected as an all-star, and Rudy Gobert not selected as an all-star and not happy about it. Um, So that'll be nice, Uh, uh, an inspired Rudy Gobert in Utah uh, for the Bucks, And then from there you go to Denver on Friday night and finish that that five game or that three game road trip with a back to back in Phoenix. Um, so it's, it's not a friendly stretch of schedule, um, which makes, like you said, kind of the order of losing these games and the way that they, they lost these games, uh, a little bit more disconcerting. Cause man, if you all of a sudden rattle off a five or six game losing streak, well, things could get, Things could get ugly, and the season could go the wrong way uh, in a hurry. So, uh, I guess let's let's take a look at the Toronto Raptors. That'll be the Bucks' first game on Friday night. Um, so, in that Raptors game, we were just talking about it. Uh, the Raptors are struggling a little bit right now. Um, they've lost five straight, and well. The, I, By the way, that's the, I, I I like knew that they weren't playing that well. I know Demar Derozan's been dinged up, hasn't been playing, but I, until today, I didn't even I didn't realize they'd lost five straight. I mean, for the yeah. second ranked team in the conference, I mean, geez, you know, I mean, we freaked out over the Bucks, who you know are kind of like middle of the pack, obviously losing five straight. But um, man, Toronto Toronto's in 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 some hurt, which I. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing for the Bucks because you know they're going to be looking to kind of get right, and and they're certainly not going to be overlooking the Bucks. But um, but it is uh you know as I mentioned the other day, I mean a lot of teams kind of go through bad stretches, but it's it's obviously how you respond. And um, 
Well, I guess for the Bucks' sake, you hope that the Raptors don't respond tomorrow night. Yeah, and I mean that's a big thing. And also, I mean DeRozan did really hurt the Bucks in that in that first meeting in Milwaukee. They they just couldn't really do anything with them. And I mean that it was during that stretch of games where DeRozan was. I mean, seemingly a world beater. Um, I, I would say that start of the year is, I, I think it's fair to say that's what got him the all-star appearance, not what he's done since then, but that first, I don't know, month, month and a half or so where he was just going crazy. So that that was the DeRozan they had. So maybe if DeRozan's out, maybe that helps out the Bucks a little bit and they're able to uh, work a little bit better there. But Man, a seen an inspired Raptors team does does not seem like uh, a, a thing I would really love to do. Yeah, and if DeRozan is out, then the Bucks get to uh, bear witness to Storm and Norman Powell, uh, the guy that the Raptors drafted with the Bucks pick in the Grievous Vasquez deal oh, a couple years ago. They? So that that's fun. They drafted him with that yeah. pick. I haven't heard a Bucks fan talk about that. No, never heard a mention of that. No. Um, huh. Weird. I guess technically the Buck. I think I guess technically the Bucks pick made that pick for them. But anyway, um, he had 21 points and 16 points the last two games. But obviously, um, you know, hasn't been quite enough. They lost by two points to the Grizzlies the other night. Um, and and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it is a somewhat vulnerable Raptors team. And I think the interesting thing, you know, we obviously talk a lot about the Bucks defense, and the Bucks defense has been on a downward slide for for a little while now. But the thing that kind of fascinated me and kind of shocked me I, I mean I knew the I knew the Celtics didn't start the season well defensively um I know the Raptors are obviously not a defense first team but when I was looking at the basketball reference pages for both these teams I go to the Raptors page and I see that they're what 21st in defense yeah. in the league and I think 21st wow that's that's like bucks bad and then when I go to the <laughs> Celtics page I think the Celtics are 22nd <laughs> and so I'm like oh man Celtics are 22nd? I thought, I thought the Celtics were, you know, um, or maybe the Celtics are 21st. But, you know, either, no, Celtics are 22nd. Um, so I was like, wait a minute, the Celtics are 22nd? They were like, you know, out of coming into the season, it was, oh, man, the, you know, Brad Stevens' defense is going to be top five. They were really good last year. They have, obviously, a lot of really good perimeter defenders and Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder and Marcus Smart, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, these teams have been bad defensively and remarkably worse defensively than even the Bucks. Yeah, um, look at that. Hey, hey, <laughs> wow, we found somebody worse defensively than the Bucks. Um and I think the interesting thing is I I was I was trying to the, the funniest thing is when you try to like read up on what an opposing team does schematically on offense or defense, nobody writes about this stuff. Like yeah. Nope, yeah. everybody I read this like you know, super long ESPN piece from I think it was Chris Forsberg, uh, who's like the ESPN Boston guy about from I think it was from last year about the Celtics improving defense last year. And it like it all it has is like cliches about the Celtics being like really hard nosed and they try really hard and all this <laughs> other stuff. And it's like, well, no, no, what do they, what do they actually do? Like, what, yeah, what are yeah. they doing? You know, I know that when I look at their shot chart, it's pretty good. You know, they don't allow a lot of, they don't allow a, at least a ton of three point shots or a ton of shots at the rim. Um, relatively speaking, I mean, they, they don't, you know, again, they're, they're not, uh, the best in the league in those regards. Um, but you know, it seems like they'd be okay, but they are abysmal on the defensive board. So it's interesting because there are some parallels. And I think another issue for them is they haven't really forced turnovers. So I think some of the themes, and again, it's not necessarily the scheme, 
is is identical to what the Bucks do or anything. But in terms of you know the architecture of their, their problems from a kind of four factors perspective, like statistically, what's wrong with them? Um, you know, maybe the three point shot isn't hurting them as much, but defensive rebounding is killing the Celtics, and also you know just not quite getting those turnovers that they want. Um, that maybe those perimeter defenders you'd think would force, given their ability to pressure the ball. And, you know, it, it's just for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out. And they kind of got it together. They were terrible early in the season. They got it together a bit. And then they've been a, they've been just horrendous for the last month. I mean, they've been over, I think, 112 points for 100 allowed um, over the last 20 games or so. Um, so it's it's pretty strange. I mean, I guess, you know... Again, that that doesn't make the Bucks any less excusable <laughs> defensively, but it is interesting that um, that there are some other teams actually near the top of the standings that are having some of the similar problems. I mean, we've talked about offense being up across the league, but you know, even in a relative sense, um, the Raptors and, and Celtics are having their problems. The Celtics, at least, are still winning some games. Um, for the Raptors, without DeRozan, uh, you know, that defense obviously is even more problematic because you take away DeRozan and his scoring. I think he's at like twenty eight a game. Um, obviously, it's just tougher to outscore people. And I, and I think one interesting thing is is the discipline that it takes to be both great offensively and defensively. Uh, like I, I think anytime you see a team that's scoring at a ridiculous rate, and this Raptors team was scoring at a historic rate to start the season, and now you look at the Celtics team, and they're starting to get some more points. They're, what, seventh in offense now, and in the last month it's been a lot more offense and a lot more Isaiah Thomas, and that's kind of what got him into the All-Star game and have got started people talking about him being a starter. There's him taking over games and that offense really starting to go, and I guess that's one thing that when you look at the Warriors was just always just mind-boggling about them was that they were both great offensively and great defensively because because I think it takes a ton of discipline to do so and it's tough to have guys that can light it up offensively but then also find a way to be part of a great defensive scheme and it can just be so alluring at times to to go out and want to score a ton of points and focus your energy there or maybe with the Celtics you have a guy like Isaiah Thomas who no matter what uh, good luck trying to scheme around him defensively like it, it's just going to be tough there's no way to hide a guy that small on the defensive end so how do you try to do that and then you add some injuries to the mix and it sounds like on Friday the the Bucks will not see Avery Bradley he'll still be out with a sore right Achilles so Saturday oh Saturday excuse me sorry um so you two nights in a row you you won't see DeRozan uh you won't see Bradley so you kind of have some advantages there but then I think maybe that can show a little bit more defensively when you start to lose guys as well so it just seems like defensively it's it's so much more about discipline and bringing the right focus every night and obviously that's something we've seen the Bucks struggle with bringing that focus and being able to handle the the energy and effort that they need every single night. And uh, I, I do think just watching these two teams, like you said, there's some interesting parallels here. And I, I think for a little bit, that's what the Bucks fell into. They, they started to sneak into the top 10 offensively. And then all of a sudden, well, the defensive end didn't seem quite as much fun. Uh, uh, well, I'd rather exert energy trying to get buckets, right? Like 
that's more fun to me. So um, you can kind of see how teams do that. So like you said, the the parallels between these three teams, obviously the Celtics and Raptors playing at a much higher level than the Bucks this season, but you can kind of see some of those parallels. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I went to uh, 538. They do game-by-game uh, game win probabilities, you know, based on kind of all the, the numbers and squares you know, point differential and, and home road and all, all that stuff. And um, I, th- I thought it was interesting. What, let, let, me, let me quiz you here. Uh, what do you think the Bucks' win probability is in, uh, in uh, Toronto tomorrow night? It, it, this is percentage, so out of 100%. Percentage likelihood that the Bucks... <laughs> <laughs> yes, out of... No, not 100%, but out of 100%. Yes. Um, let me go with like... 37 you're a bucks optimist eric you always have been it's uh 24 percent 24 percent which is which is interesting you know again i don't know how much it's weighted towards recent performance i guess recent performance has stunk for both the bucks and yeah, that's true. um and i don't know if it factors in injuries you know if Doros not playing but um but 24 percent is what it has um as the bucks likelihood but Go to Saturday. What do you think the Bucks' likelihood is of winning against the Celtics? And bear in mind, both the Bucks and or both the Bucks and Celtics are playing on Friday night, so there's no uh, kind of rest advantage for either team, and they're both going to be coming uh, traveling into Milwaukee late that night. That butt you gave me is either a tell or you're really trying to confuse me. Um, so I'm going to go with 37 again. <laughs> it's 50-50. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, 50-50. I mean, we could just not believe that. Um, I'm sure there's some people who are like, oh, 538 didn't get the election right. So it can't understand sports. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting to, to kind of use these things. I think it does give a better, uh, a better sense than than a lot of other things. Um, uh, it's also got a a point spread one here and it says it's a pick them. Not surprisingly, although I, I don't know what, you know, officially, uh, the, the sports books have it at, but anyway, um, kind of, kind of interesting to see. And, and, you know, and that's sort of the thing. I think if the bucks can win one of these games and, and, you know, just based on past history, uh, and the home road differential, obviously you'd, you'd say the, the Saturday game would be more likely. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, if the bucks can win one of these games, I think everybody would feel a whole heck of a lot better about the state of the Milwaukee bucks, but, yes. um, who knows? Right. And, uh, you you would expect that they'll at least um, you know again wh- whatever subconscious thing in their brains allows them to come out and play better against good teams than uh, against bad teams. Um, hopefully that's still wired over the next two days because obviously they're going to be <laughs> facing a couple teams that are um, in sort of a different class as far as the Eastern Conference goes. Um, any anything between those teams? Any players? You know Isaiah obviously is an obvious one for Boston. Um, you know. Toronto, obviously Kyle Lowry is going to be the guy if, if DeRozan is out. But any other kind of guys or matchups that you find particularly interesting and, and worth watching in either of those games? Um, I don't know. The the way Toronto uses their big men, that always kind of fascinates me. Um, just with Pat Pat, with Valanchunas, with uh, Nagara, and uh, just kind of seeing how they they use all of those guys because it seems like you can with that stable you can kind of try to find whoever your hot hand is that night and there tends to to be one that one of those guys is going to play a little bit better and then uh they can use it and with as inconsistent as bucks big men not named greg monroe have been this season um 
that that could be that could be a problem area for the Bucks. So so that'll be something I'm looking for in the Toronto game. Um, anything you're looking for in the Boston game or the Toronto game? You can say there too. Whatever you want to do. I thought it was interesting looking at Toronto stats. Um, and and this is uh, definitely a concern because we talk a lot about the Bucks and the importance of of turnovers on both ends. Um, we've seen obviously a lot of lackadaisical uh, turnovers offensively and inconsistency uh, on the Bucks' part in forcing turnovers, although the last two games, they've, you, you can't complain about that at all the past two games with um, forcing, I think, 20-plus turnovers in, in both the Philly and Rockets games. But um, by the way, public service note, I feel like, I feel like ex-athlete uh, announcers have uh, poisoned a lot of minds with the term lackadaisical. And just for everybody out there, if you've <laughs> ever been if you've ever been misled into thinking that lackadaisical is the way to pronounce that word, it's not. It's lackadaisical. It has nothing to do with lax and relax or any of those things. Just gonna just gonna put that out there. You'll be smarter at your next dinner dinner party or whatever it is for knowing <laughs> that. But anyway, um, but it is interesting that Toronto is first in the league in offensive turnover rate, meaning they do not give the ball away. Very bad news for the Bucks. And they are also second in turnover rate on the defensive end, um, which is not good news no, for no, the Bucks. No, 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 yeah. But they do, like the Celtics, they are among the worst defensive rebounding teams in the NBA. Uh, they're 28th in the league, and they are only 21st in effective field goal percentage allowed. So um, even though they, they do not cough up the ball, uh, they do allow teams to to score pretty effectively, obviously, given that they're a bottom third team on defense. So I don't know. I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, just just stop Kyle Lowry and you'll win. <laughs> but um, I think we we know that that's kind of easier said than done. Uh, Terrence Joseph, Terrence Joseph, Terrence Ross has has really killed uh, the Bucks. It seems like for a few years, he always seems to look like a uh, uh, you know a star shooting guard in the making every time we see him, and then. You look at his numbers and you're like, oh, he's he's solid, but he's not, <laughs> not great. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, the only thing that's gone wrong for Terrence Ross was remember when he missed that like windmill dunk in that game yeah. earlier this year when they were up by like a billion points. That's pretty much the only thing that's gone against Terrence Ross when when he's played the Bucks, I think. But um, but that's for that. And then I think for Boston, I'm really curious. I haven't seen much of the Celtics this year yet. Uh, and we, as we mentioned, you know, they, they've been a bit weird because offensively they've been great. Isaiah has been tremendous, you know, king in the fourth, king of the fourth, whatever the nickname is um, that they've given him for being such a tremendous fourth quarter player. Um, you know, we'll see how the Bucks contain him. If the Bucks can contain him at all, he's averaging 29 points per game, which is insane. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to watch what what he does. Um, and. And I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, with with Boston again, uh, you know, t- I mentioned against the Rockets, teams that don't have kind of premier rim protectors um, always make me feel a little bit better uh, for guys like Giannis and Jabari. I don't know what Al Horford has left. They they also have Amir Johnson, but um, certainly that's a team that you look at. And as much as they have some good individual defenders, especially on the perimeter. Um, you would hope that the Bucks can get some things going to the rim and, and take advantage of that. And and also, you know, again, both these teams are vulnerable on the offensive glass, so um, not something you necessarily think of being as a staple of the Bucks um, offensively, getting offensive rebounds. I think they're about average this year, but uh, certainly something that, that they may need to rely on a little bit more than, than usual, especially if they're not getting those easy transition buckets. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm making no predictions of wins this weekend, Eric, but uh, I am I'm hoping for one. I'm hoping for one. I just want I just want some sunshine. Yeah. To come back into the Bucks universe. Yeah, I agree. Um, some sunshine would be nice. Um, I, I guess one thing Jabari does at times like to really go after the glass. So maybe you kind of tell him this weekend, hey, man, just just go for it. Um, and that might help out a little bit. Uh, against the Celtics, I will admit to um, irrationally enjoying Jalen Brown's game uh, this offseason. Like, I, I know I had a good feeling that he wasn't going to fall to the Bucks, um, And I knew I shouldn't be hoping for it just because his game kind of goes against everything that is supposed to be a good draft prospect. But I just liked his game. So it'll be interesting to see him. Also, I'll be interested to see who uh, the Celtics want to use on Giannis because um, they have a number of guys. And I guess the same goes for Jabari, um, just kind of how they try to match up with those two. Um, and like you said, with the defense that's been struggling, can those two get free? And maybe Horford isn't going to be the best at contesting them at the rim. So can we can we see them be aggressive and try to attack the rim full bore kind of as, as from the moment the game begins? So uh, that'll be interesting. And I I guess one thing I've been thinking about, Frank, is part of me at the start of this season wanted to think of, I didn't think the Raptors, but possibly... Like as things started to go right for the Bucks, I thought, oh, are the Celtics a, a contemporary for the Bucks? Like, who do you think are the Bucks contemporaries in the Eastern Conference right now? That's something I've been struggling with now. Because do you bunch them in with with the teams that are a little bit below them? Do you bunch them in with the teams that are a little bit above them? Um, who do you try to bunch them in? with because because i've been struggling with that for the last two weeks or so so you mean like teams like in the long term kind of that like are in similar no this year this year this year like who who are you judging kind of the bucks against because we've with this entire year we've been saying like well this is uh this is a a game where you, you pull out the measuring stick and see if the Bucks are as good as this team. And for the good teams in the league, that makes sense. But then there's other times where we're like, well, they should beat this team. But now, in the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of questioned. Well, is this a team they should beat, or is this a team that they're they're kind of the same as right now? Yeah, I mean, I think as I mentioned the other day, I mean, obviously the Hawks and the Wizards have kind of separated a bit. I mean, I I, I thought the Wizards would be good coming into the season just based on on Wall and. Uh, and Beal and and I, I still like Gortat. He always seems to play well against the Bucks. Um, and just I figured getting rid of um, of Randy Whitman would help. Not that Scott Brooks is the greatest coach in the world, but obviously yeah. they've sort of started to figure things out despite the involvement of Trey Burke and um, just a clown car of of a bench that they have there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I think if you look at the the standings now, I mean I think it's not surprisingly teams that are that are kind of in in, in their range. Um, you know, the Bulls are obviously kind of an emotional one just because, uh, you know, the whole Milwaukee, Chicago thing. Yeah. And, um, and I, I figured the Bulls, you know, the Bulls seemed like a team that could go horribly wrong um, and and potentially kind of dip down to where the Bucks were going to be. And again, I didn't think the Bucks were, were going to, you know, be a 500 team or anything. So um, so that was more of a knock against the, the Bulls than anything. Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about the Pacers and not being sure if the Pacers really were all they were kind of. 
all their offseason was cracked up to be. What, what was their identity going to be? You know, we like Miles Turner a ton. Paul George is a great player. Um, but I don't think we love the roster construction moves that, that Larry Brown or Larry Bird uh, did this summer. And, you know, swapping Vogel for kind of a wishy-washy identity guy and Nate McMillan. I just didn't know what, what that was going to translate to. And, and they're 500 and it looks like they're going to win tonight in Minnesota. So they'll be above 500. So they're going to be in the seventh spot. Um, or actually they're going to bump up to six because Charlotte is, is 500 as well. So, um, so I think those, those couple teams, and then I think the Pistons are actually an interesting team because the Pistons are probably the, the closer team to the Bucks in terms of like age. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pistons obviously are a pretty young team. Um, you know, their key guys are all pretty young. Um, and they were a team that maybe was ahead of the Bucks, obviously last year in terms of being already in that kind of, you know, low playoff seed type type range. You know, they got their asses kicked by the Cavs, but it was like, oh, okay, well, the, you know, the, the Pistons are going to be better next year and maybe they'll win 50 games and all this other stuff. But, um, but obviously things have not worked out. Reggie Jackson injury kind of threw them for a loop and, um, you know, it's been kind of tough sledding getting you know kind of clawing their way back and and now they're you know only a half game back of the bucks in in the the win-loss column so i think the pistons might be the most interesting team in terms of being similar record wise um and similar age wise and and sort of being a team that people thought was on the rise um but obviously the pistons have kind of underwhelmed this season right i mean i don't think anybody in detroit was thinking scratch and claw to try to get the eight seed this year but um but that's kind of where they are so um so i think those teams are interesting and i don't really put the knicks there um at this point um you know again they're kind of a dysfunction team as as good as porzingis is he's he's kind of struggled with with some injuries of late as well really i don't know if he's had a good game since that game in milwaukee to be honest um he's he's had that achilles issue kind of kind of nagging him and i don't know i mean we'll see here the sixers i mean the Sixers might be, you know, a month from passing the the Bucks in the standings the way things are going now, or maybe a few weeks away from passing yeah. the Bucks in the standings. So, um, so I think that there's some obvious parallels there, given both teams are very young, um, you know, trying to be, you know, uh, 2020 East contenders more so than than trying to win games now. So, so I don't know. I mean, there's that cluster, but I'm let's just say the the group of contemporaries I'm looking at is is sliding down further in the standings than I, than I would have said maybe maybe a few weeks ago. I think the thing that makes it interesting to me is like there's there's the age component to me that, that I kind of want to think about, and then it's like, okay, well, who else has a unicorn? And it's like, well, the Knicks have one and the Sixers have one. So are they the Bucks contemporaries and the Bucks are uh, a little bit better than those teams or at least have been performing uh, better thus far this season or are the Bucks a little bit behind where they should be and maybe they should be in with the more mature teams uh, that you mentioned like the Charlottes the Pacers uh, the the Bulls of the world and uh, the Pistons are an interesting one too I don't, I don't know I've just struggled with it I think you laid it out pretty well there but I, I guess it, it is interesting to kind of look around the rest of the league and see if there there's someone else that has the the young age group uh, uh, or a, a bunch of young players that are making an impact, but then also performing at a, at a at a high enough level that they're kind of in the five hundred mix. And I don't know it. It's just interesting to me to try to make comparisons throughout. And uh, when you started talking about how there's some parallels between the Raptors and Celtics, then I started to think about well, they they can't be contemporaries with 
those teams yet because they're not quite that good but where where should they be and all that so hopefully that was a fun thought experiment for anyone else and you can let us know on twitter um i'm at eric underscore name that's n-e-h-m and frank is at f madden nba yeah did i get that right i'm just used to you being that's right and by the by the way i I'm yeah, and I totally don't like that I put an NBA at the end of my name, but I have also like a personal one that I I don't even really use my my other Twitter handle. It's at Frank Madden, um, but I just wasn't creative enough to think of some <laughs> some weird some weird name. So I don't know, flame away. But no, that's I all talk good. about the NBA. I don't know. I didn't want to say Bucks because I don't want to make it seem like I'm claiming to like work for the Bucks or something like yeah. that. But. I don't know. No, it's all good. F Madden NBA works. Come at me. Come at me, Eric. Come at I, me. No, I won't. I refuse to. Um, so, or just tweet at me. Tweet at me. Okay, that's, that's what I'll do. I'll at you. Um, so uh, an interesting weekend for the Bucks coming up. Hopefully you're thoroughly prepared for it. Hopefully we gave you all the information you need to know. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, number two and number three in the Eastern Conference. Major test for the Bucks, and they need to try to get a at least one win, like we said. If they can come away with one, uh, that's going to make uh, everyone in the Bucks universe feel a, a lot better uh, about this team. So we'll see if they can do that. Um, for Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks, and we will talk to you on Monday.